this week and for, uh, well, this week and next week, I want us to look at Joseph in the Bible. Joseph, we're going to look at Joseph's faith and Joseph's journey as he moved towards his destiny and as he moved towards the dream that God gave him. We're going to do it this week, next week, and then me and Faye are on holiday for two weeks. Hey! And the kids. Fantastic. Dale's going to be speaking um, in, in two weeks' time. I'm telling you now, you're going to have a fantastic word from Dale. And then we've got Dave Morgan coming from Swansea. So Dave is going to uh, speak as well. We've got loads of exciting things happening. In July, I said the other week, uh, we got Thomas and Katrina. August Shaw? Akashaw? It's a Norwegian surname, so it's always difficult. But they're coming. Really exciting. I think Pastor Ray is either in June or July. And then we're talking with Andy Elms to try and get Andy down here. So it's going to be fantastic. We've got a great year ahead of us and lots more exciting things to come. But yeah, I, want, I really felt, um, really this morning, I, I um, just had a number of thoughts on my mind this week. And I thought, are we going to go in this direction, Lord? We're going to go in that direction. What direction this morning are we going to take just to encourage your people? And I was a little unsure. And then just right before uh, we left home this morning, the Holy Spirit just really put this in my heart to encourage you, to encourage you where you are and maybe sometimes to interpret where you've been. And sometimes, you know, that's what the Bible is wonderful at doing. It enables you to have hope for the future. It enables you to get clarity for your present, but it also enables you to interpret some of the places where you've been and some of the things that you may have been involved in. And that's really important that we understand, you know, that God has got great things for us. Romans 8, 28, Paul said this, we know it well. We know that all things work together for good to those that love God and who are called according to his purpose. Not everything in our lives has been good. Some things have been very bad. Some things in all of our lives have been very painful. And at the time, we may not have been able to understand them. We would have tried to avoid them if we'd have known that they were on their way towards our life. We would have tried to have skirt, uh, skirt around them. You, like I, could look back on life and see many, many things that we've had to go through on our journey to get to this day and all of the things have been difficult. Some of them have been great and wonderful. And we've, we've thought that that's the sum total of life, living on this high plane, this wonderful experience until you hit rock bottom. And, you know, you get down into the mud of life and the mire of life. And suddenly you're moving through things that you never thought would be a part of the journey. It's great, isn't it, when you're a kid. It's great when you're dreaming. It's great when you've got big plans. I love hearing the plans of my children. I love hearing their dreams and their desires about the future. And we try to encourage that. Dream bigger dreams. You can do it. You want to be that spaceman, Daniel? I'll open the door of the rocket for you. Do you want to go now? (laughs) That's a joke. 
But when they're kicking off, I tell you, sometimes you want to put them in a rocket and send them to Mars. Or you want to leave them on Earth and me and fail jump in the rocket and go to Mars. But you know, it's wonderful to hear about the dreams that children have. And then, you know, life comes, life unfolds, and you walk through various situations and trials and Maybe life doesn't turn out just like you thought it would. Maybe, you know, you had a dream of a wonderful marriage, a wonderful home, a wonderful future. And you may have that today. And that's wonderful. That's great. We're happy for that. We want that. We strive for that. But maybe today you're sitting here and that isn't for you yet. And that dream is burning in your heart. And you wonder why it's happening for everybody else, but it hasn't happened for you. Life doesn't always turn out the way that we think it should turn out. It doesn't always fit into the nice little package that we've made on the table. It's an unusual thing. All of our lives are, in many ways, mysterious things. They're not nice and tidy. They're not You can't contain it in a package. You can't put it in the microwave and put it on for a few minutes and then suddenly, instantaneously, you've got a nice, perfect dinner before you. Life isn't like that. Life is unpredictable. And one of the things that I get encouraged by is when you look at the Bible and you look at people in the Bible, just like you and me, and you begin to read their story. And how they started out at such a strong place, how they were confident and how they were full of faith and how they were excited, ready for the future, ready to take on anything. And then suddenly they go on this journey and they begin to go down a road that they never expected to go down. And they begin to visit places that they never expected to visit. And suddenly they're on a journey that seems so complicated and confused It looks as if, on the face of things, God's abandoned them. And that's really what Joseph's life is all about. Joseph, he's a 17-year-old kid. And he he gets a coat from his dad, colored coat, and it shows the sign of his father's love. It shows the sign of his father's favor on his life. And as a result of that, His brothers think that he's being favored by his father above them, and they start to hate him. Have you ever had something go great in your life? And it's very visible that you're being prospered. It's very visible that, you know, things are going well for you, and then suddenly you begin to tell the people around you because you're excited about the good thing that God's doing for you or the exciting thing that's unfolding in your life, and suddenly... Instead of, hey, we're excited for you, you see the expressions on their face lower. And suddenly you realize maybe there's an issue, there's a problem, because everything's going well for you, and they're not so happy about that. That's the situation that Joseph was in, but a lot worse. His brothers started to hate him. Then, To make matters worse, in one sense, this boy gets a dream. God 
put something in this young man's heart, and he's only 17 years of age. He's a 17-year-old. I was looking at, you know, the young, young people on the, on the front this morning. And Joseph was just a few years older than them when God spoke into his heart. And God speaks to this young man. And you can see as you read Genesis 37, he is so excited. He believes every word of it. There's not an ounce of doubt in his heart. He just latches on to everything that this dream speaks about. He believes it, and he begins to speak it with conviction and with, with detail. He goes to his brothers, and he tells them about this wonderful encounter that he's had and this picture of his future. The boy's excited. The boy's full of joy. He's jumping. He's, he's, he's ready to go. And I'm sure if you'd have asked Joseph on, on that day, on that first day that he announced his future and announced his destiny and his dream, if you'd have asked him, hey, Joseph, are you ready to step up in your life today to enter into that dream? I'm sure Joseph would have come back and confidently said, yes, I am. I'm ready. Today's the day. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for this elevation. I'm ready for this power. I'm ready for this responsibility. I'm ready for this rule. Everything that the dream has told me about, all of the deep, I, 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 I enlist to all of it. I'm ready. Come on, let's step up into it. But Joseph didn't realize that he wasn't going to be stepping up. He was going to be stepping down. In fact, he was going to be on a staircase that was going to be going down for 13 years. He was going down, down, down until he hit the bottom. Let me read to you from Genesis 30, uh, 37, and we'll just read from verse 3 to verse 11, and we'll just look at the dream that Joseph had. It says, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his sons, because... He had been born to him in his old age. And he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to what this dream, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaths of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheath rose and stood upright while your sheaths gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Oh, yeah, it's all there. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? They may not have said it as calmly as I just said it, but that's what they said. Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream. And he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you have had? 
will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in hand. Dreams are amazing things. They give you an insight into your destiny, into your future, into possibly where God is going to take you. Hopes and aspirations and desires that we have are all wonderful things because they create a direction and a, and, and a momentum for our lives. And this is what this young man had at 17 years of age. When he woke up one morning and he began to talk about his future. But little did Joseph know about the journey ahead. Little did Joseph know about all of the things that would mold and fashion him to be at a place for him to enter into what God had spoken to him. You may be going through things today that are very difficult. You may be going through circumstances and challenges in relationships. You may be going through many, many different things that you can't understand that actually confuse you. Could I put this to you this morning? Could those things be fashioning you and forming you and preparing you and making you ready to step into something that you've not yet known is going to come about? Maybe today, maybe today, Life is tough and life is hard and things are difficult and you don't understand why things have turned out the way they're turning out because you're on a journey towards something that God's created for you to walk into but you're not necessarily ready for it just yet. The things that we go through, maybe not things that we would have chosen to go through. In fact, we would have tried to skirt around them we would have tried to go in another way. But God has destined and designed those things to fashion you and form you and bring you to a place where you're ready to enter into everything that he's prepared for you. This is the story of this young man. He's 17 years of age and he dreams a dream. He has the plans before him. All of the plans are wonderful. It's great to have a plan. Plans are great. Plans are awesome. We've all made plans. He has all of the plans ready to go. And he can articulate them in detail. And yet, there's a process to go through in order for those plans to come about. In order for plans to be outworked, this young man has to go through a 13-year process of hardship, a 13-year process of difficulty, of confusion, of abandonment, of sheer darkness. He has to go through 13 years of painful process in order for those plans to come about. I wonder if Joseph would have sub subscribed to this plan if he had have known the price tag on the dream. See, there's a price tag on the destiny that God's got for you. There's a price tag on it. And the price tag is 
the journey that he's going to take you through in order for you to walk into everything that he's created for you. There's a price tag. And sometimes the trials and the hardships and the difficulties that we go through, the pains that we face, are all a means that God uses to formulate and fashion us to be the people that he's created us to be. This is the story of Joseph. This is why it's in the Bible, so that we can reflect on it, that we can look at it, that we can draw courage from it in our present difficulties, in our present trials, so that we can look back and interpret some of the things that we have gone through. They're not wasted moments of life. No, God uses everything, everything. He works all things together for good. He mixes all the ingredients together. And those ingredients alone, if they were separated from one another, would have no value. But when God takes the hurt and he takes the pain and he takes the loneliness and he takes the, the, um, the despondency and the confusion and he, and he brings all of those ingredients together, And he takes all of the high times and he takes all of the low times and he takes all of the the, the confusing times and he brings them together and the Bible says he works them together. It's only God that can work those situations of life together. Those situations of life that we look back on that we can't understand, to us they're just isolated circumstances that have no relation to each other but to God. To the God of heaven who you love, to your Father, He has a way of taking all of those isolated circumstances, the painful divorce, the breakup, the betrayal, the abandonment, everything, and He he brings it together, the sickness. He has a way of using all of those things. The Bible says He works all things together for your good. For your good. And Paul declared it to the believers at Rome. Maybe they were struggling to understand what was happening as they were persecuted and as they were, they, they were targeted. As they tried to follow Jesus in their day and they were hit hard by circumstances and events that were conflicting. And Paul came with a message from God and he says, listen, These are not isolated events. These are not random situations that have no relationship. They have a relationship because you love God. And because you love God, God can take all of those isolated circumstances that seem so confusing, work them together for your good, for your good. I wonder why the dream that spoke about greatness, that spoke about elevation, that spoke about power, rule, influence, and great responsibility. I wonder why that dream didn't inform Joseph about his brothers hating him. I wonder why the dream that spoke about great prosperity and rule didn't inform Joseph that he would be stripped of his father's coat that it would be used as evidence against him to say that a wild animal had killed him. I wonder why. I wonder why 
when, when God showed Joseph his future, why God didn't tell him that as a result of following this dream, as a result of speaking and being excited about this dream, I wonder why God didn't tell him that he'd be thrown into a pit naked where there was no water or no food, where he would be abandoned and where he would hear his brothers plotting how to kill him and how to put him away. I wonder why the dream that God had chosen for this young man to walk out. I wonder why it didn't tell him that Midianite traders would pass by and lift him out of that pit and take him to a land that was thousands of miles away from his dad's home. Why didn't the dream tell him about that? I don't like to say that God is sneaky. I like to say that he's selective with what he tells you. He's selective. He tells you all the good bits. And he's with you in all the bad bits, you see. He tells you about all the good bits, so he gets a big yes. I'm in, God. I'm in. And maybe there's not enough time before you wake up to tell you all the bad bits. But... The bad bits are there. And this young man goes on a 13-year journey now to get to the point where God is going to bring him into everything that he had destined him to go into. The dream that told him about elevation and rule and great responsibility and, and great influence didn't tell him about all of the challenges, all of the conflict, all of the pain, all of the desertion, where his life would be just hanging on a thread sometimes. And then suddenly it would change and the chapter, a new chapter would open and the chapter would close and suddenly he would move more forward into, his, into the plan of God for his life. But for Joseph, it seemed on every front as if it was getting worse before it was getting better. It really did. One person once said, and I like this because I think, it's very, I think it's very true. They said, life is like a tapestry. The backside of a tapestry. The backside of a tapestry. When you look at the backside of a tapestry, it's not a pretty picture. It's not. It's got all of the knots and all of the loose ends and all of the long ends and all of the short ends and a, a mishmash of color. And it just looks completely confusing. You can't get any order from it. You can't look at it and say, Ooh, what a beautiful tapestry. What a perfect picture. Look, there's not a stitch out of place. No, everything looks disordered. Everything looks random and chaotic. Sometimes our life may be like that. We may look at our life like that tapestry. And it looks chaotic. It looks random. It looks disordered. Doesn't seem to be any clarity of picture. It doesn't look like a tapestry. It just looks like a jumbled mess of cotton and stitches out of place. Then suddenly you turn the tapestry. And it's quite amazing, really. 
the detail and the picture and the beauty and the exactness of every stitch and every color, everything's in place and there's order, there's no confusion and everything is perfect and in its place. Life's like that. As we move in through life, it can look like that broken picture, that mess of stitches, knots everywhere, and colors jumbled about. It looks confusing and chaotic. But what we need to be secure in is this. It's the master's hand that's making the stitches. It's the master's hand that's designing this tapestry. It's the master's hand that's in control of every event and circumstance. And one day, he will turn the tapestry right way round. And I believe before all of our eyes, we will be amazed at how he can make something seemingly so confusing some, be, to be something so perfect and complete and ordered. Life is like a tapestry. And for, for much of the time, we look only at the backside of the tapestry. We don't ever really get to see front side of it. We read about the front side of it in the Word of God. We read about it in the Bible, and we say, Oh, what a wonderful picture. That's the front side of my life. But why does everything feel so random and out of place with the perfect picture in Christ that, that God has completed, that God has finished? Why don't I look like that? Why doesn't my life resemble uh, the, the, the promises that are found in the Bible, the, 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 the description that God has given over my life in the Word? Why doesn't it resemble that? And we think that we're out of sorts and we're out of sync with God and we're out of sync with His church. No, you're not. No, you're not. When Joseph was in the pit, I wonder how confident he was about his dream then. I wonder in that pit if he was saying, Yep, my sheath is still going to rise up above yours, boys. One day, boys. No, his dream was broken. His dream was crushed. His dream was dead. And sometimes dreams have to die before they live. You have to go to a place that you would never have chosen to go in order for things to be shaped and fashioned and molded in your life. God talking about himself one day said, listen, my ways are not like your ways. My thoughts are not like your thoughts. In fact, my ways are so higher than your ways. My thoughts, so higher than your thoughts, that they are past finding out. Basically, God's saying, listen, if you try to work me out, you're never going to do it. If you try and, you know, calculate the way that I'm going to do something, I'll always bust the calculation. I'll always defy it because it will always be bigger and beyond what you can ask or think. It really will. Joseph, in that pit, 
is a broken kid, broken dream. And his brothers are probably laughing and scowling and just saying, well, there's the kid and his dream. We showed him what we think of his dream. But you see, God's with him. God's with him. And Joseph isn't having a praise party in the pit. You know, you go through some stuff in life and you feel all alone and you feel that God is, isn't with you. No, he's with you. You just can't feel that he's with you. But he's there. He's there. And you're at your lowest ebb and you think it's over and your mind is thinking all of these th- thoughts that you never thought would go through your mind. God's with you. God's there. He's never going to let you go. He's never going to forsake you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's there. You just It's just a part of the journey. The kid's got a broken dream, and then suddenly he's into another chapter of his life, and he's moving into another place, into another destination. But this morning, I just want us to consider this, this little thing. And then we'll get into it a little bit more next week. Finish it up. God works. God works. All things. For the good of those that love him. And who are called according to his purpose. God says, I'm working things for you. I'm working things. Let me work them for you. I'm working things for your good. Take your hands off them. Let me work them. Let go of those things. Rest. Be secure in my sovereignty. And allow me to do what only I can do in the situations that you face. Joseph was stranded in life and his life was moving in a direction that he had no control over. People were making decisions and choices for him that he could not resist and his life went from stage to stage to stage over a 13-year process to place where God wanted him to be. Sometimes the biggest mistake that we make is we only pinpoint where we are today. God, because he's omniscient, that means he knows everything. Because he knows everything, looks panoramically and says, finished. He says, I'm the author of your faith and the finisher. We just pinpoint where we are today. We pinpoint the pit. We pinpoint the fact that, you know, things have been taken from us. We, we pinpoint the, thing, the things that, you know, we've been hurt and betrayed and let down. And that's right. That, that, that's our way. That's the only way that we really as human beings can respond to things when they go wrong. That's what we all do. We go back to default. And we try to work it out. And the cogs of our mind race until there's smoke coming out of our ears. 
trying to work it out and sit down at the table and why has this happened and if I had only done and, and we pinpoint, pinpoint, pinpoint where we are and God says listen I've started it I've started this great plan for your life you may think it's gone on hold no I, I begun it he who has begun listen the Bible says a great work within you it's a great work God's got a great work, a great work when it comes to your life, a great work. He who has begun a great work within you will perform it and finish it until the day of Jesus Christ. I am confident, Paul says. Yeah, Paul says, I'm confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work, a great work within me, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Do not cast away your confidence today. Even though the circumstances may tell you contrary to what you believe, do not cast away your confidence. Put your confidence in God. Lord, you've begun this great work in my life. This dream that you told me about, my destiny that I have, the future that I believe you for. Lord, I I restore my confidence today if it's broken. Give me a fresh hope today if it's broken. Let me rely on that word, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in me will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He is the author and the finisher. I'm telling you, when he took Joseph up on that dream, he authored it, but he was going to finish the thing as well. It didn't matter what Joseph went down into. It didn't matter how long it seemed as if his life would go on hold. It didn't matter how dark it was. It didn't matter what accusations came. It didn't matter if Joseph would be manacled in a prison and left for two years God had authored it and God was going to finish it hallelujah come on church let's give him praise he is the author and the finisher of your faith I'm going to ask the musos to come he's the author and the finisher of your faith what are you believing him for what has he told you about What are those dreams and those aspirations and and those hopes that you've let go of? That you've let go of because life has hit you and said, let go, let go, let go of that dream. Let go of that hope. Let go of that potential. You're not going to do it. You're not going to be what God has told you to be. And it's hit you. And you've let it go because it's easier to let go than hold on. Because holding on means that there's going to be resistance. God says, no, don't let go of it. Pick it back up. Do you know, I remember hearing, just closing, I remember hearing a a wonderful illustration by a great preacher called Miles Monroe. You may have heard of him. He's he's passed away now. I think he, he had a church in the Bahamas. Hey, everybody wants to have a church in the Bahamas. Anybody want to plant a church? We're going to start planting churches. Anybody want to plant a church in the Bahamas? I'm coming with you, Steve. I can get some dreadlocks in here, mate. They have them out there, don't they? The, me and you together. Awesome. And Idris, the three of us. Come on. Idris can preach in Welsh out there. I tell you what, I'll preach in tongues and Steve can... What, what are you going to preach in, Steve? Bahaman. Wenglish. <laughs> Excellent. That's it. So if you don't see us after we've... Been on holidays because me, Stephen, and Idris have gone to the Bahamas. But we're going to do it for you, for your sake. 
We will. We'll, we'll do it. We'll suffer that out there. Great. But Miles Monroe once said this, and it's quite a sobering statement. Have a think about this in, in relation to your dream now, in relation to the hope, the aspirations, and just the desires to do something great with your life. Think about this in relation to that, because I do. In relation to my life, he said, the richest place in any town or village or city is not the great banks and the financial institutions that hold our money and our investments. The richest place in any city or village or town is the cemetery. And when he said that, people said, the cemetery, what are you talking about? How can the cemetery be such a rich place? It's a place where people have died and been buried. He said, yeah, but buried in, those, in that ground, buried in that cemetery, are dreams that never lived, that should have come about, hopes that were never realized. In those, in those graves are ambitions that were never taken hold of, potentials in people, like Faye said, that were never released. He said, that's the richest place in any city, in any town, in any village. It's not the financial institutions and the banks that hold our money and our investments. It's the graveyard. I'm telling you now, none of us want to get to that point in our lives, the end of our lives, where we've not released the reason for why we've been created. Don't let hurt stop you. Don't let confusion or circumstance or, or pain strangle that dream or demand that you let go of that hope and that aspiration that you have for your life. He's authored it. He's going to finish it. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's give him a shout this morning. Thank you.